Yes, hello and welcome to Life Beats on Pulse 95 with me, Sally Musa. It is a special edition of Life Beats uh, today, all about World Mental Health Day. uh, And it's all about young people today. I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by Dr. Salman Wahid, child and adolescent psychiatrist at Lighthouse Arabia. Hello and welcome. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm very well. Good to have you. Thank Uh, you. And as well as Jenny Mullen. Uh, parenting guru. We're going to come to that in just a moment. <laughs> and early years editor at TwitchSchoolAdvisor.com. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Good to have you, Jenny. Thank you. Um, so, so here's the thing. You are a parenting expert. Well, uh, well uh, in as much as being a mom makes you a parenting <laughs> expert, I think. I think my children would disagree, but, you know, like thanks anyway, Sally. Um, we're going to get to that in just a moment because, uh, you know, how we see ourselves as parents... Um, is a really important component to this whole discussion about young people and mental health. And um, I know that this is kind of based around adolescence uh, and teenagers when it comes to mental health. There's a lot to talk about there. But I think it's great to have your perspective as well as somebody who deals with early years and is um, somebody who's an expert uh, when it comes to the early years uh, in childhood, Jenny. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, certainly, and... uh we were talking about this off air just beforehand. I think the the roots of all good mental health of being a strong and resilient adult they're they're formed so early on, mm-hmm. and it's so important to get the early years right. So mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about helping people to understand how to do that. Dr. Salman, in your practice every day, uh, because you do specialise with um, young people and adolescents, what are the biggest issues that you're seeing uh, when young people come to you? Uh, the biggest issue we are uh, currently, we were talking of uh, 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 the air, uh, me and Jenny, about the same issues that the anxiety, the depression are the main issues which we are uh, facing and we have to deal with them because according to the kids, what they have told me is that they feel too much pressure from all sides, uh, starting from schoolwork, um, social media, and they are unable to handle those pressures. and they don't know what to do and how to deal with them. Uh, the one major I- issue they also talk about is because they are unable to talk about those issues with their friends uh, because of the stigma or with their family because they fear that the family will be upset with them, uh, they start to engage in some self-harm issues also. So uh, there are certain complications which uh, comes with this development of anxiety and depression and it is all related to the stress they are dealing with and they are unable to handle it uh, and are unable to voice their concerns to um, to, to the parents or to um, the school counselors or, or to um, the professionals like us because they think that people will call them uh, crazy or uh, they will call them they are not good uh, in any ways. It's just, it's still related to weakness. Yeah. Um, when we talk about mental health, um, whether it's you're talking about adults or young people, uh, you're seen as weak and somebody that should be avoided. Yeah. Um, we still, uh, you know, have such little understanding around mental health uh, and how it develops and uh, m- mental health issues develop. Uh, Dr. Salman, 
what should we be doing, particularly, um, and I want to come to you in a moment, uh, Jenny, and to think about uh, younger kids as well. Uh, what should we be doing when it comes to uh, our kids? How do we need to be changing our mentality? As a parent, our responsibility is to be there for them. Mm. Just listen to them. Do not try to fix their problem. Try to validate them and help them find their own solution. We as parents either are like helicopter parents. We try to solve every issue for our kids and we don't give them any space or time to work on their issues. And when there are issues, we judge them very quickly that mm-hmm. they are weak, that they, they, they should have dealt with these issues better than what they are doing now. So it's more uh, of a reflection of who we are as parents definitely, and as teachers. Um, so we actually should be working on our own uh, stigma, our own ideas around mental health too. Yes, uh, this is the most important thing, especially in today's world, when we are as parents, we are busy, we are working, we are already stressed out ourselves. Mm. Sometimes we project on our kids our own vulnerabilities and our own stress and because they are talking about these things, it sometimes brings out our own fears, what we are facing, and we are not equipped to deal with those fears. Uh, because really what um, we should be doing is thinking about all of this, it starts with emotions. It's starting with, you know, the, the emotions of, uh, what you know, when you look at something and, and uh, maybe it's a challenge that you can't face or something that is giving you fear and uh, that's what's what develops into the anxieties and the depressions and that kind of thing. So so take us through that process, Dr. Salman. So uh, just for an example, if a child is not getting along with, with, with the peers at school, uh, so they develop a fear that people don't like them, mm-hmm. uh, that they are not accepted. And because they are unable to come home and talk about those fears or talk about those concerns because they think that the parents will see them as weak kids, uh, that they cannot take control of the situation. They internalize everything. They overthink about these things. And that starts the process of anxiety. Slowly, they start to become uncomfortable in their surroundings. They do not know how to deal with the issues with their peers. And that led to a development of a bigger problem. And by the time the parents or the kids, they realize um, it's sometime quite severe by the time they come to us Mm. and then it's a process of slowly healing uh, through working with them through providing them the support they need it is a workable thing it is a solvable thing but the timing is very important to help those kids and that's really important here Jenny because it's like don't wait till the symptoms kind of come up of anxiety of depression so you know from your point of view working with young kids what should we be doing how do we start that relationship off right yeah well if i was a nursery teacher for a long time here in dubai an awful lot of nurseries here in dubai they offer the english early years foundation stage curriculum and there's been a significant shift in how that's delivered just a few years ago and the way it was changed is the curriculum is divided into seven areas and they include things like mathematics and literacy but what they did they split the curriculum into prime areas and less important areas and all of those things that we think of as parents as being typically important learning to write to read you know the phonics the things that people get really stressed about in early years education actually they were made to be 
secondarily important. Let's put that they really? were put on the back burner. Okay. And the prime areas of the early years foundation stage now are children's personal, social and emotional growth, their physical development and their communication and language. And other than that, you know, the other things are secondary. They're in the background. These are the things that we should be focusing on in children up until the age of five. Don't be worrying about counting to 200. And I have had that. <laughs> I have had a parent ask me that question. How will you help my child learn to count to 200? That's not important. You're kidding, right? No, no, no. no. Oh. <laughs> Wish I was. Oh, um, my gosh. What is important mm. when your child is young is forming the foundations of an adult who's going to be resilient, who's going to be able to bounce back from life's challenges, because that is the foundation of real success. And that's where the, the whole thing of helicopter parenting so many of us are really guilty of that because we don't want our kids to, to you know, to look like they are failing, quote unquote, yeah. in any way, shape, or form, or and going through difficulty or anxiety. Absolutely, and I think it comes back to you when you. Is it? I was interested when you were talking about you know mental health is seen as a weakness. Well, actually, on the converse of that, how are we in society looking at success? Because what I want for my children in terms of their future success, I want them to be happy and fulfilled. That are, those are the two criteria that I have in terms of looking at my children and think you've become a successful adult. Yeah, we're going to continue that conversation with the Jenny Mullen, who is here in the studio, and Dr. Salman Wahid. Uh, he is here with us as well. If you've got questions for them, text them in right now. Any comments, uh, any experiences that you want to share, we would love to hear from you. Of course, as we said, you can call us in studio. 600-551-449 is the number. Or uh, you can text us 4215 on two on do or right here on uh, Instagram as well. We are on Instagram live as well. Follow the conversation there. It's Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. The heart of Sharjah. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We're continuing the conversation all about mental health. Uh, Mikhail uh, is also with us in the studio. If I can get, yeah, there you are. There's hey there. your mic. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what are people saying uh, on Instagram Live, Mikhail? A lot of people are relating to this issue. Yeah. They, they, it's just like a, they're really glad that you're talking about it, that you're, you know, making a discussion because it needs to be talked about. Yeah, Zena, thank you so much uh, for your text. Uh, she's saying, yes, uh, we don't talk about this enough. Uh, and uh, others are also uh, saying that too. Um, but Mikhail, you know, you were sharing about your sister yeah. uh, as well. And, you know, she's going through exams and she's going through things at school. And, and mm -hmm. what's happening with her? Two little sisters I have, 15 and 17. They're in high school year right now. And they're really, like, they're very critical about everything they do. Um, in terms of uh, studies, in terms of work, it's just stressing them out. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting back. It's like, was I that stressed out? I remember just sitting, at, you know, doing, com completing some homeworks and doing my assignments in time and having some time to play games with my friends and stuff. Uh, this is just the stress levels for them is unhealthy. And I tell them, you, you can't be doing this to yourself. You can't be up in the morning, you know, just like trying to finish up something. I do you know. think that social media has created this environment where children are constantly comparing themselves. Yeah. I don't on remember every level. on every yes. level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember being at secondary school in the UK, and we were all very jealous of the the really pretty girl. Yeah. But I also I wasn't comparing. I, I probably wouldn't know what she was scoring grade wise. I wouldn't know what her holidays were like. I you know, 
exactly. every facet of life now is comparable. Because every facet of life is seen on social now. media. Yeah, you know, absolutely. every minute of every day, which I just, you know, I have. So between all of us here, we've got six kids um, of various ages. I've got two girls, Dr. Salman, you've got also got two girls, two 11 girls. and five. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, you've got two boys, mm-hmm. uh, four and eight. Four and eight, yes. yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel like particularly for girls, I'm sure, you know, boys have a similar thing, um, you know, to be on Instagram all the time and how you look and, and how it's it's I can't imagine the stress. Oh, uh, I, I, I agree with you, but I will let Jenny, Jenny speak about it uh, because uh, she knows this better than me. So please go ahead. Jenny. Yeah, well, I think the thing about social media to me as well, it creates this idea of perfection. And again, we were just talking about the importance of allowing your children to fail. And that's part of that is it being imperfect. It's mm. it's leaving the house without your hair being perfect. It's, <laughs> you know, getting the worst grades in algebra and, you know, studying hard and, and improving next time. Yeah. Um, but it's very, very difficult in today's society. And I think one thing that educators and adults need to be doing is teaching children to manage social media healthily Mm -hmm. because it can be a great thing you know I look about my family scattered all over the world and without things like Facebook I wouldn't be in touch with them you know so it can be used for good but children are given unfettered access to these things a lot of the time and yes it's a really powerful tool and it's a really powerful mode of communication so they need to be taught just as we would have been taught to use anything why aren't we teaching our children to use social media for good maybe because you know we fall prey to the same thing as well as parents. Well, very there true, was yeah. uh, the study that just came out, you know, just a, a couple of days ago, talking about how parents uh, are getting anxious because of social media. You know, mm-hmm. seeing other parents on social media, comparing themselves, and just thinking, you, you know, just going into depression over it um, as well. But I, I want to come uh, to the whole idea, um, Jenny, that we've been talking about, which is, uh, and Dr. Salman as well of allowing our children to see us in our vulnerable mm-hmm. states yeah. and because I think, we're not perfect ourselves. Yeah. You're I, not. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> oh, yes, I tell you now, I am definitely not perfect. None of us are. But one thing I've learned, and it, it's taken, you know, I'm eight years into motherhood now and I'm learning as I go along as we all do. But one thing I've learned is to, when I get things wrong, and I, I do more with my eight-year-old than I do with my... I seem to just get my four-year-old. I feel like he's my mini-me, you know? <laughs> Whereas right. my eight-year-old is very much more my husband's personality. And I get things wrong with him. You know, I inter- misinterpret situations. I get his friendship issues. I, I perhaps give him the wrong advice sometimes. Um, but I apologise. And I don't remember my parents doing that with me. Sorry, Mum and Dad. You're probably not listening. (laughs) Fingers crossed. But I don't remember them saying to me, you know, hey, I got that wrong. What could I have done differently? And showing me that there was a different way. And and then hopefully he'll replicate that behaviour in his friendships when he, you know, gets things wrong with his friends and tells them the wrong thing or behaves in the wrong way or with his younger brother. That's what I want for him, to be able to show that little bit of vulnerability. You are a, a doctor, Dr. Selman. Yes. Do you do that with the, your girls as well? I have developed that habit of saying, I'm sorry. It was hard initially, and I agree with Jenny. It is the hardest thing to do, especially coming from a background of uh, Pakistani Indian culture. Uh, this hierarchy system we have, the parents will never say sorry. Uh, they are always right. And because you're, you're told that you're going to lose face if as a parent, 
you uh, apologize to your child and they won't, you know, uh, respect you anymore and they won't listen to you anymore. It's all false. It is false. Uh, what, if we make a mistake, just like anybody else, we should be able to say sorry to our kids. It doesn't matter they are young or they are old or it doesn't matter. They are just like same individual like you and me. If they make a mistake and the expectations are that they should say sorry and apologize to us, we as individuals should take that responsibility and mm. should be able to say sorry to our kids too because we did something wrong. So I agree with Jenny that that helps them to understand that we all make mistakes. We all are vulnerable and it's okay to make mistakes as long as you learn from them and try to be a better person the next time. And coming back to uh, Mikhail's point uh, with his sisters, um, it's okay if you don't get 100%. It's okay if you're not perfect. It's, it's actually okay if you fail. It is completely okay to fail. In my professional opinion and my personal opinion, failure is the way to success. And I strongly believe in that. I've flunked quite a few times. I yeah. have no But no you've had parents who, who came to you and said, don't say that to my son. Yes, I have a couple of parents, not only in UAE, but even in Canada, who have told me strictly that please don't tell my kids it's okay to fail. And that shows the pressure. That the yes. pressure. Oh, gosh. I don't think I would have been able to take that kind of pressure if my parents would have told me that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back in a moment uh, and uh, kind of take a, a scenario around the dinner table, uh, particularly from uh, the, the movie Inside Out. If you've seen it, this will be very familiar to you. We're going to continue the conversation and see how should we be reacting and acting uh, to our young people and to make sure that they are healthy and fulfilled and happy um, every day. Uh, it is Life Beats on Pulse95 with me, Sally Musa. The Heart of Sharjah. The Heart. The Heart of Sharjah. Pulse95. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Welcome back to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. We are talking mental health and young people today uh, with Jenny Mullen. She is uh, the early years editor at witschooladvisor.com and Dr. Salman Wahid. He is a child and adolescent psychiatrist at Lighthouse Arabia and so much uh, coming uh, on this in terms of comments, in terms of questions as well. Um, we've had a text in from Leila who is asking how uh, she can support her son um, who she feels is struggling with expressing his feelings and often seems um, anxious and doesn't want to talk. She says he's uh, 15 years of age uh, and also has an 11-year-old girl who's going through her own changes. She wants to know how she can support them. There are uh, various ways she can support her. Starting from home, she just needs to be there. She needs to tell them that whenever they are ready, she's there for them. She does not have to push them to ask about what is going on and what is not. If they are not ready, they will push back. But the message should be, I am here for you. Whenever you feel like you want to talk to me, I just let me know. And I will sit and listen. Number two, you need to be non-judgmental. You cannot get angry, cannot get upset, cannot get frustrated. 
when you try to build that rapport, if that is not working, they are still unable to talk to the family members, then it's best to get the professional help uh, like at Lighthouse or any other institution. But we have all the counselors, all the psychiatrists, we have workshops, we have for teens, tweens, everybody. And this this is the age kids she have. Mm. So she can contact us if she's unable to get to them. But the best thing is listen to them, be non-judgmental and give them the time and the space and the comfort that they are able to come to you and they are able to talk to you. Speaking of uh, of not talking, it's okay. I learned that the hard way as well, that it's okay for your kids to not want to talk sometimes. It is fine. Mm. And to let them just go through whatever emotions that they're going through, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going through something uh, that needs urgent attention. Uh, I want to play something from the movie Inside Out, uh, which kind of really demonstrates kind of th- this, what's going on here. Uh, and this is 11-year-old Riley. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a great movie, Inside Out. Um, all about a young girl called Riley who moves towns. So she's moving schools uh, and she's kind of trying to deal with the whole change and missing her friends, missing the environment that she knows. Um, and so this is Riley and her parents sitting around the dinner table having dinner. Um, and just listen to this conversation and see if it strikes a chord. So, how was the first day of school? It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Did you guys pick up on that? Sure Mm -hmm. did. Something's wrong. We're gonna find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Uh-oh, she's looking at us. What did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? School was great, all right? What was that? I thought you said we were gonna act casual. Riley, is everything okay? <sighs> Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. All right, make a show of force. I don't wanna have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, old no, man. No, 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 breathe. What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 2. I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Yeah, well, look. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. The foot is down. The foot is down. Woo! And that, that is from Inside Out. And that's just a small little scene. You know, just uh, we go through this every single day with our mm. kids, don't we? I was so familiar with my husband. <laughs> that, that's what I was laughing at. But, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, it's humorous. There's a lot of humor in that movie. It's a fantastic movie uh, to watch and to watch with your kids mm. as well, I feel like, um, because it can be really difficult to have those conversations about emotions. Uh, but movies like this can make it easier for us to talk to them about it. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a very good movie. I've watched it maybe multiple times, <laughs> maybe 20 times uh, with my kids as they love to watch that movie. Uh, but 
my five-year-old was able to recognize the sad face, the happy face, and she enjoys that. And according to her, she is the happy one. <laughs> she does not like the sad one. And this movie does does give the picture of daily life in everybody's household, including yours and mine. This happens in every house. And some of us are able to deal with it in a little bit better way than some other people. But yes, I agree with you. The emotions need to be learned. And emotions, we should be allowed to have our emotions shown to everybody without the fear of being picked on. Mm -hmm. uh, because we are showing a sad emotion or we are showing anxiety or we are showing anger. It's okay. All these emotions are okay. They are given to us to be shown, not to keep them inside. It's okay if your kid is grumpy. Yeah, It's it okay, okay if your kid doesn't want to talk after school. It Imagine, is okay. I mean, you know, I always think of myself. If it, when I go home, the last thing I want to do is talk about my day. The last thing I want to do and is somehow talk. It's okay that we do that to our kids. We want the minutiae of everything they've done today. I know my husband, when he gets home from work, he just wants to let it out and let, you know, think about something else. Yeah. So why am I doing that? What did you do in maths? What did you do in PE? How was swimming? How, you know, what? Who no did wonder you he just looks today? at me what and did you eat for lunch? Did yeah. you eat your lunch? Exactly, what? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we shouldn't be doing that. We we should let them relax mm. and we should let them wind down. Mm -hmm. And if they are grumpy, we should acknowledge that and we should give them time. And maybe after they settle down, we can slightly nudge them in that direction and try to then figure it out. What really happened that they are so grumpy today? And, and then they will be open to talk about it because we validated their emotion. Yeah. But by doing what just now uh, as we mentioned that we start to just bombard them with 20,000 questions and the grumpiness is not going to go away it's going to really get into a rage and that's <laughs> what we usually see in our houses when kids will stomp their feet and yeah. they will just leave the room and go in their bedroom yeah yeah we're gonna uh, continue the doctor uh, Dr. Station, I was going to say. Conversation with Dr. Salman Wahid uh, and Jenny Mullen. They are here. We are talking mental health. It is World Mental Health Day uh, today. Um, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, of course, you can get in touch with the show. You can text us. Uh, and we're on social media, even though we've been talking about social media. Uh, but coming up next, I'm going to uh, get more ideas from Jenny uh, and Dr. Salman about uh, what we can do for our young people uh, to encourage a healthier mental health. That's coming up on Live Beats on Pulse 95. The Heart of Sharjah. Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. A story to tell. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Just a, a really great conversation that we're having today here in the studio, all about mental health for young people. Um, but we're finding out that it's a, a lot about us <laughs> as adults and how we handle the situation. Uh, and to make sure we as parents, you know, we were having this conversation, Jenny, about helicopter parenting and how this just really takes over. Definitely, yeah. And it's something that it's very easy to get into this cycle, I think, of helicopter parenting and then very difficult to backpedal out of it. And mm. I think, you know, we live in this very busy society here in Dubai where, you know, our children have this huge variety of activities. They can, you know, take part in extracurricular activities. 
Do you remember really having extracurricular activities when you were a kid? I think I was or on the netball. Or as many as Or as this. many, absolutely. I think I was on the netball team. That was about it. Yeah. You know? Um, if it's sport with my own children, um, because I think sport is so healthy in so very many ways, if it's sport, then I am happy for them to do that extracurricular activity. No problem. We forget how important sport can be and exercise and just letting out steam and, and you know, just for our own mental health, don't we, mm-hmm. Dr. Summer? Definitely. Uh, um, you fight it out. Uh, you take your aggression. You take your emotions out. Do some kickboxing. Uh, yes. Do some <laughs> kickboxing. Uh, do some... Uh, Play basketball, volleyball, any competitive sports is good to take out your emotions in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the society nowadays we live in, uh, there's a lot goes on inside the house. Uh, and that's where we get hooked up to the social media and we, we are just unable to get ourselves outside of the house. Uh, in UAE particularly or in GCC countries uh, in general, the weather does not cooperate that much also and it becomes very hot in summer months so the kids they don't like to be out in that kind of heat and they can really get sick so that also contributes a bit mm. uh, to keeping the kids inside uh, though you can engage in a lot of sporting activities uh, indoors also over here there are a lot of big gyms and everything has been created but i think it's because it's not the concept of being outside so it doesn't matter whether you are inside an air-conditioned gym or you are inside a room in your own house. It, it The feeling is the same. And a lot of kids have told me that uh, in this one month I'm here uh, in uh, in UAE that it does not make that much of a difference to me being inside the house or inside a big gym because I feel cold and I feel nice and I feel very relaxed <laughs> and I don't sweat that much. So... What's the point in doing exercise? I'm doing the same thing in my room and I what I'm doing in the in the gym. Yeah. So so that also contributes to to the environment and you you can uh, really uh, you all are living here for a longer time. You can maybe shed light on it that how to change that mentality here. I think for me just um picking the times of day that you go outside. Like we're outside all the time. We have a dog. And I think I know now when the weather I, is good though. Hey, yeah. now, now the, the weather's good, good yeah. but we we go out so we we'll drive them out to the desert at six thirty in the morning at the weekends. That's sometimes. true. You can you go early in the morning. It's go, good. You can do these things. You can go late evening. You can still find points in the day all year round when you can yeah. be outside and you can get that vitamin D. When you've been here that long, yeah, it doesn't you, matter anymore. You yeah, just get you out acclimatize. You will, <laughs> you will. But um, and I think kids actually certainly I've only started to notice with my older children that they start to complain about the heat. Actually, with the youngest they're just not bothered you know they just want to be active but I definitely see such a massive marked difference in my children's behavior in their levels of irritation and anger when they haven't had sport in a week and when they have had sport in a week Mm -hmm. so for me as a parent it's utterly vital that they go to a school that has a really great sports program it's it's equally as important as academic attainment but something I think we forget as well is just having time to do nothing absolutely nothing at all yeah and just have time and you know that will start all kinds of you know thought processes where you know you become more creative you think about things that you're not bombarded with information constantly from your phone or from you know whoever uh, after school activities or school or whatever it is that you're dealing with all the time you just need that time to switch off Definitely. We just had a talk at uh, Lighthouse Arabia uh, conducted by Dr. Salia Afridi, our, our managing director. And she mentioned this, that we should have a 
downtime daily where we are doing just nothing. It can be 15 minutes of time, it can be 20 minutes, 10 minutes, but we should have that time. It is so important to unwind in that way that you are doing nothing. Just you are there. It doesn't mean you're being unproductive or lazy. Not at all. It does not mean that. You are still doing something, but it's the time spent with the family. You are just not worried about your cell phone. You're not worried about your work. You're not worried about anything. Mm -mm. It's just doing nothing. And yeah. that's very important to relax ourselves. Last last words yeah. from everybody on this on the topic. We've got a minute. Okay, I would say definitely for in terms of young children, help them to name their emotions. That would be my top tip. I really see that with my youngest. That's He's four. Really he point. gets really angry, and I see with him as soon as I say, "Hey, little bean." I see that you're feeling frustrated. I can almost visually see him dialing down inside because I've labeled it and I haven't tried to end it. Don't try to end their emotions. Let them learn to ride the waves of their emotions. And uh, something else that you actually brought up, uh, Jenny, is that social media should be taught in schools. Definitely. The healthy use of social media. I just think that's such a great idea and I don't know why it's not. I, I, I think it must be coming. Please, educators out there, tell me that it's coming because it's got to be. Because I remember learning how to, you know, doing classes on relationships and things when I was a teen. This is a part of life and relationships that's not going away. We all know the negatives, but it's not going to go away. So let's teach our children how to manage it healthily. Absolutely. Dr. Selman, uh, your final words? My message to the teens and the tweens is you're not alone. Don't be fearful. Don't be scared. If you are struggling with something, there is a lot of help available to you. Don't worry about the stigma. You can get better. Focus on yourself. You should connect with your parents, your family, and the family should connect with their kids for the better outcome of their emotional health, mental health, because that is more important than anything else when it comes to the health of a child. Uh, a great uh, message from Doris uh, came in saying, I feel that teaching mental health awareness uh, should be an academic subject in schools, not just an individual topic to, to be discussed once or twice Absolutely, a year. Absolutely, I agree. Yes, definitely. And, you know, they can contact us at Lighthouse Arabia. We have a lot of programs for teens and tweens. All, you, all they need to do, they can go on Facebook, they can go on um, uh, internet mm -hmm. websites, and we can and definitely find the help that they find need. The help they need. Thank you both so much. Uh, in the next hour coming up, we're going to be talking to Zarin Khan. She is, uh, she's written a play. In fact, it's been performed uh, all about young people, mental health and how to deal with that. Uh, it's uh, a topic we're going to continue the discussion on. So keep your messages coming. Keep your texts and questions coming to us here on Life Beats on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Keeping it local, all day, every day.